0: Let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and in this special show that we're doing tonight, we are going on a bit of a journey through time and space.
1: alone on this journey Steve we are joined by Jezza
2: from Beer Guide London. Welcome. E- evening gentlemen thank you very much for the invitation great to be here. Thank you very much for coming along and Jezza
0: boy have you brought us some treats. What have we got sat in front of us on the table that we're going to be enjoying this evening?
2: Yeah great excuse this being Christmas and everything to get a few of my favourite beers out. So uh, the beer we have is from the uh, Dollar Brewers in uh, Flanders, West Flanders. Uh, and it's our uh, favourite Christmas beer, Still an uh, We've got uh, a little vertical from 2018 back to 13, uh, with a Still an Reserva from 2005. So really keen to see what that's like because I haven't had one since last Christmas.
1: Wow!
0: And I just haven't had one.
2: And neither have I. And there's an average ABV here
0: of 12%. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say average? They were just all twelve percent. All twelve <laughs> percent. Let's uh, let's get straight into the first beer. Uh, let's I, go I for think. it. Let's let's give. So we're starting off with the 2018. So we're yep. starting off with the freshest uh, version of this beer. So when, when would this one have been uh, brewed and bottled then? Uh,
2: brewed in the summer, late summer, uh, and bottled a couple of months ago. Let's see. So this pouring is really, really well fresh, isn't yeah,
0: it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean that looks just incredible going into the glass. Yeah, there. it looks really, really yeah. drinkable. Now, for the benefit That's
1: of our listeners, now good. Jezza's pouring for us. He has brought the appropriate glass where to go with the beer, um, and he is also making sure we are getting poured the right way, the yeah. even measures. He's yeah. he's not just you're not just chucking it in, are you, Jezza
2: no, definitely not. And some of these uh, vintages vary quite a lot with their uh, uh, with their heads and how well they pour. Thank we'll you. see that, particularly when we get to the twenty sixteen. Um, you have the slightly bigger one Thank there, you. Uh, Steve. Thank you very much. Uh, but this one pours really, really well, so no problems there. Cheers! 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 Enjoy. Thank,
0: Thank, you. Thank you. It's Belgian on the nose. <sighs> I, I had to be the first person to say. Well, it. Be it. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just needed to get it out of me. It's not really the last time though, is it? Oh, that's really sweet. That's like a real sweetness, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, especially at the, at the end of it. For me, there's a sweetness right, that's still there. Yeah. Um, I'm not getting, I don't know about you, 12%, not feeling 12% oh, on not, this beer. Not
0: all, no. um, It's really, it's incredibly drinkable. Yeah. It's It's, it's strange because at the same time, it's it's really light to drink, but it's really full of body yeah. as, as as well, which which seems like a real contradiction. It sounds in terms. counterintuitive, but I, yeah. I, I know what you're
1: saying. Um, I mean, Jezzy, you you very kindly brought these along to us uh, tonight. Now, it's a cold evening. You you've travelled here with them. Is that is there a, no, as an as an opening question? Is there an optimum temperature we should be drinking these at?
2: Mm, yeah, I think we've probably just about hit that temperature perfectly uh, they, the, so these were in the fridge I actually cooled them down to 3 degrees I would normally ser- serve them at 7 celsius uh, and then let it warm up from there so with uh, an hour's journey to get here, albeit quite a cold night uh, I think it's uh, obviously we've had a, a couple of other beers while we were getting ready I think now the temperature is just about spot on with that uh, So you wouldn't would recommend
1: s- just taking this out of the
2: fridge no way. And, and no. a
1: couple of hours at least. Three
2: degrees is too cold, yep. but that was deliberately too cold, so it warmed up a bit before we drank it, and I think that is just about spot on. Mm. Uh.
0: Uh, there is, there's a lovely. <coughs> there's still something going on on my tongue, mm. and I've, I've not been back in yeah. t- t- since since I last spoke about what it tasted like. But there's there's still some flavours just licking around the, the edges of my there's tongue. there's
1: very light carbonation to it as well. Yeah, it's very light of touch. Yeah.
2: It's interesting. You said it was quite sweet, uh, and uh, this is far from the sweetest still. in act, and you'll see as we go back. I predict uh, to the earlier ones. I predict that the level of sweetness will increase, and that's partly because the level of hopping, the level of the hops will will start to to fade away from some of the older ones, and they get a bit more Madeira-like, a bit sweeter, a bit more intense. Uh, the one thing I always get from uh, the Stillenacht is the, the the nose. It smells powerful. It smells like it's going to be a strong beer. And I don't think this year's any exception.
1: No, it's got a very, very powerful fruity aroma. Um, but ever, coming back to it now, you know, the more sips you have, that sweetness starts to fall away. Mm. I'm getting replaced. There's a lovely dryness to it as well. Yeah. Isn't there? That sort of dryness, which is one of those dangerous <clears> dryness where you think, I need to replenish straight away um, how, how did you first discover these beers because I mean I, they were very recent for me it's only the <coughs> last few years I, I discovered
0: well them. We, we only came across them I only came across it because we did a couple of these on um, a flavour of the month show when yeah. we used to do those shows with Little Leeds Beer House and we did the 2016-2015 Be, before that I had I'd never never heard
1: of it I'd heard of the brewery just because the number of times I've been to Belgium, but I wasn't familiar with this beer. So this is obviously a beer which has grabbed your attention, what is it?
2: For sure. Uh, I think the Dollar Brewers, uh, the mad Mad brewers, uh, are for me one of the best breweries in Belgium, one of the best breweries in the world, one of the most interesting breweries. They're very uh, unique, very Id- Id- what's the word? idiosyncratic. Yeah, that's a good uh, word. Good word. Don't ask us to say well, please. We'll, we'll not be saying words like that after we get to the <laughs> we'll get end to of the day. Um, And for me, they've always held a great level of interest. Uh, first, I first went to Belgium 1998 to, to, to drink beer, so I've been going 20 years. Spent a lot of time in Bruges. It's very close to the brewery. It's maybe 20 miles from the brewery. Uh, So I've been lucky enough to go to the brewery uh, many times. Uh, First time was 1999. And uh, as soon as you go to the brewery, uh, that level of interest, it it just, it grabs you and pulls you in. Uh, And of course the Christmas beer is the icing on the cake. It's a special, obviously seasonal release. It's a bigger, stronger beer. They had not long since when I started getting into Belgian beer, to taking it up from eight percent to twelve percent, uh, and yeah, since, I mean eight percent. What yeah, were they thinking? I know, I know. Only single digits. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was only a few years before that, and I suppose getting new, new, newly into Belgian beer it was just something that really captivated the imagination. They've got an amazing testing room. The people who run the brewery are fantastic. It's family run. Uh, Chris and and Els, uh, and they're uh his amazing mother who's now 101 years old and she worked in the brewery until maybe five or six years ago doing tours which have gone down in in history she's got an amazing personality Uh, and we spent uh, quite a number of visits in the early days sitting in the tap room having a beer uh, and helping her with her uh, english so she would always do the crossword or read a a, a paper uh, and ask for help with translation she was still going to english classes uh, at that point, well into her eighties, uh, and no doubt she kept doing that into her nineties as well. But she's so glad it was you and not me, New <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I often thought her English was better than mine, so I uh, it's quite embarrassing uh, sometimes
1: when I go to yeah. Holland and how good the uh, English is.
2: She was determined even at that age to improve her English, and a, part of that was just her natural curiosity. But part of it was so that she could improve her English for the for the English tour groups that she led. Uh, real tour de force, uh, and I think it's just having that personal touch, knowing uh, the, the family behind the brewery, yeah. uh, been to the tap room. The range of beers is great, still an act as the, the uh, uh, sort of top of the range beer for me. And of course, as we're discovering tonight, it's uh, got brilliant aging properties. Uh, so I've rapidly got into aging yeah. Belgian beer over the years. Going over in the car, buying far too much, and seeing what happens.
0: I just yeah, because I just saw that recently. You've just you've just come back from one of your uh, your trip. pilgrimages, <laughs> shall we say, um, where yeah, I think I think you got just about as much as you can potentially get in a small car.
2: Yeah, uh, went overdid it a bit last month. Part of it was buying the beer for for tonight. Uh, well, buying the beer for Christmas. A couple of bottles of which came tonight, uh, and I suppose I'm now engaged in a. a uh, a bit of contingency planning uh, just in case pre-Brexit yeah ju- just in case these things are more challenging after next March which at the minute I'm firmly expecting so dear the you may
1: be going out buying tins of
2: food and medicine but just stuck in a, a <laughs> <of> beer <laughs> but we'll have we'll have plenty of beer yeah uh, so we're going over again in the car and we're going to Belgium this weekend for the Christmas Beer Festival but uh, uh, that's on the train we're going in the car in February and we're going to got to make sure there's no space left unfilled with beer, just in case.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I admire your planning.
0: Yeah, without a uh,
2: doubt. So, so is it fair
0: to say, you said obviously you went over to get the beers for Christmas, is it, is it fair to say that this particular beer is makes a real staple for you in in terms of Christmas? Is, is, is this what you like to build your Christmas <clears throat> drinking around?
2: Yeah, uh, there's a, there is one slight drawback, and of course that's the strength, Uh, so one can't uh, drink Still & act exclusively all day through Christmas because one might fall over. Uh, (laughs) One's not going to see lunch (laughs) if they start on this in the morning. Uh. So uh, I tend to mix it up a little bit and I've got a a few favourites, I mean there's a lot of Christmas beer in Belgium, it's a real thing to a much greater degree than it is here with um, generally much bigger, darker, stronger, richer beers. So there's plenty to weigh at but one of my favourite Christmas beers from Belgium is Père Noël from Duranka, uh, another West Flanders brewery, uh, and it's a magnificent beer. And when we were, before the, the show started, uh, we were drinking the Hoppy Christmas from uh, Brewdog. I was reminded a little bit of the the, the per Noël. Père Noël is not an IPA. But it's a it's a, it's a blonde seven percent hoppy beer, which is great for mixing it up with some of these bigger Christmas beers.
1: Yeah, so you're always going to session strength, aren't you? Well, of course. Seven yeah. percent. Uh, I mean, yeah, um, I mean, that, vote, I mean uh,
0: you know, what's your final thoughts on this, Steve? I'm really enjoying it. I mean, it's it is just imminently drinkable. It's it's so easy just To get through and to enjoy and to savor, yeah, as, as well. I think I might have started off and was a little bit gung ho with why I was going into it and then I, then I had to slow down but, a all bit. All that sweetness, though, has gone now.
2: Yeah. That residual yeah. sweetness, don't you think? The power of it starts to creep up on you a little bit, mm. then? yeah. I think, um, um it's got um, bolder, d- bolder as I've drunk it.
0: There's certainly a warming quality,
1: yeah. beginning to come through. And like I said, I loved it, I love that dry finish I'm getting now as well. Um, makes it very special.
2: Oh, god, this one's lively. Uh, so this is the
1: 2017 so this right? is this
2: is 17 now, I can at this yeah, stage, yeah. Though, we're not hanging we're, around here are we we're, let's, let's get let's go back in time and for, we're doing these years. Years. And, uh, <coughs> for the benefit of uh, of the recording what we're doing is keeping a wee bit of the previous one in our class and then pouring a... the second one in the so, <laughs> Oh, well, so, <laughs> some, some of us so, some have of you kept, are, have uh, kept one for comparison I, I purposes yeah Uh, (laughs) now uh, as I mentioned we've we've been uh, I've been drinking still enough for for 20 years Uh, one of the best ever vintages because they they vary from from year to year Uh, Dollar Browers is a classic small artisanal brewery Uh, uh, they do things they do things uh, a little different each year so the beer is is not 100% consistent and therein lies part of its Part of its charm. Uh, part of its charm, part of its joy. But the uh, 2017 was probably the best vintage I've ever had. And uh, because I like to be very thorough in preparation, I drank one of these, especially at the weekend, just to make sure I knew what I was talking about. I love about.
1: your version of preparation, Jessa. <laughs> Yeah. <it's> yeah. <laughs> dedication. Somebody yeah to, dedication. Somebody has to do it. Yeah. Um,
2: and uh, I'm pleased to confirm that, if anything, it's even better a year on. So this is... Uh, this is probably the best beer we'll have tonight.
0: So is it is it the same recipe every year or is it similar to, say, like the Fuller's Vintage where they'll use the the ingredients that have been, that have kind of shone during that year? So
2: Fuller's is very definitely a different recipe, deliberately a different recipe. Yeah. Uh, Still on act is supposed to be more or less the same recipe. That's my understanding yeah. of it. Uh, I don't think they go for a massive change in hop profile or the or the or the other characteristics of the beer. It just comes out a little bit different. And even each year they do several batches, uh, so you can see on the uh, uh, label on the um, cap that's this is from batch one of 2017. Uh, there would have been two, a two or three and possibly a four. Uh, so I've already actually ordered uh, because I'm drinking a wee bit too much of this. Christmas's stock and I'm not going to have much left over for aging so today I ordered a case of batch two which has arrived in our beer warehouse just outside Bruges and I'll be picking that up in February and that'll be going in the the store for future years so batch
1: numbers of the same year You've got your own beer warehouse? No, no, oh. no. Uh,
2: uh, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd lost it at that point. Yeah, you, S- you, sadly, not. But you,
0: you didn't hear the rest of that. Yeah, you? well, yeah. you're just getting beers from all over Belgium sent to a warehouse that you've, you you rent in Belgium, and then you just you've got you've got someone there just waiting for a collection, and then yeah, you just go and pick yeah, all your beers up. A,
2: a slightly. Um, you love that picture in your head now. Don't I have, have. Yeah, I, I think have. it's brilliant. I think you've, Given me a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, I get uh, the majority of my beer from uh, a place called Rotsart uh, 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 Drank Central in, in Zelkum, just outside Bruges, by seven or eight miles outside Bruges, and it's um, they, they've got these great things. There isn't really a comparative a comparative type of retail operation in the UK. Um, it's these. Uh, they call them drank centrales. They're uh, places, the big beer warehouses. That's the only description. And you g- go in, park outside, and it's like you have to be like you're like a kid in a sweet shop. Feel your boots, and you God, feel your be boots. Really and, dangerous in a
1: place like that. Yeah. Because I've only ever gone when I've gone to a, probably let's say Cheers Festival. Yeah, cheers, yeah. cheers.
2: So enjoy the the seventeen. So immediately I'm getting a lot uh, it's, it's all rounded it's much smoother slightly less hoppy slightly more sweet but not in a an overtly sweet way No, the For, initial
1: flavour isn't as sweet as the first one
0: was No, it's um, it feels a bit more lively as, as well which I think we saw yeah. in, 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 in the, the pouring
2: I think the uh, glass shape because we're, we're on a slightly different glass shape I don't think that helped with that but it's definitely livelier Anyway, that
1: yeah. anyway um, so what I, was going to, what I was going to ask you is um, you know your, your beer journey kind of started presumably with 12% Belgian beers I'm just going to put that out there 12% Belgian Christmas beers yeah i was just yeah. put it out there now so where, where, did, where did the obviously the going to Belgium which I fully understand having been to yeah. Belgium plenty of times and that's what I was going to say if I went to Bruges with a car that would be dangerous I've already ever gone by train so you're limited mm. how much you can take. Now I know there's a warehouse eight miles outside. I also might have to panic buy.
0: I just want to go. Oh, to, um, I want to go to a beer warehouse. You just
1: want to go to Jess's warehouse. Yeah, but you've now created. Yeah, I've now created this little yeah, building. I,
2: I want to go there too. Yeah. And just to say that that um, one that I mentioned, we use it a lot because um, it's very handy because we go to Bruges a lot. It's just off the motorway and it's a great range of beer and the people are great. And I can pre-order, and they keep stuff until my next visit. It's fantastic service, but there are loads of other similar warehouses dotted all over Belgium. No, I was never aware of those. But again, because maybe because
1: I've never gone by car, yeah. I've never really paid attention either. Yeah,
2: of course. And most of them are a little bit out of town. You need a bit of space. Yeah. So you, you know, unless you have a car, you probably wouldn't go yeah. seeking them out.
1: Sounds but, like the place outside Calais when, you know, you used to go for the, the wine runs and stuff like that.
2: Uh, yeah, although ten times better for obvious reasons, yeah. the selection. I mean, yeah, some of
1: the wine was shit. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. So yeah, your beer journey. Where, where, where did your beer journey start?
2: Uh, the very start, I guess, uh, uh, like many people, uh, first, uh, no, this a pre-beer, drinking cider in my teens. And then... Um, Quite quickly uh, moved on to where, where I grew up, there wasn't a great range of, of beer. Um, things are a bit different in Northern Ireland now, but the, the choice was basically tenants, Bass, Smithicks, Harp and Guinness. <laughs> uh, and then things got really exotic when Heineken arrived on the scene. You know? <laughs> uh, Choice was rubbish, I remember uh, uh, trying tenants and stuff and then eventually settling on Guinness as the, as the, the beer I was drinking when I moved to London in 1990 uh, and then for quite a few years I was a bit frightened of this real ale stuff so I stuck to Guinness thinking it was safer but you know like everything you try this and you try that and uh, quite quickly um, started going to uh, beer festivals, I remember going to the uh, Great British Beer Festival uh at uh, I think the first one we went to was at Olympia uh, and obviously it's, it's back there now yeah um, and trying out different ales and and finding quite a few that I liked so I just sort of gradually made that transition uh, and then uh, late 90s started to go to to Belgium and that that was the game changer I suppose uh, that first trip to Bruges discovering beers like Westmala Triple. Uh, uh, oh, it's one of my, I, one I of
1: mean, my all-time favourites. That, I mean,
2: that was the one I think that that really got me intrigued. I mean, uh, yeah,
1: I think because well, I, I went to Belgium probably similar sort of time. Um, actually, I think my first visit to Belgium was mid nineties, actually. But what struck me about the beer culture over there, and, and I've sort of alluded to it a little bit, where we've got proper glasses. The first beer we, we you yeah. poured for us, it was the glassware. Every beer had its own glass. Now, at the time, I was probably mid-twenties, so I was just thinking, aesthetically, you look lovely. Yeah. And you had different types of people drinking beer, rather than what would have been very stereotyped over here drinking it. And I put that down to smaller pores, different glassware, and not looking like you were on a session. Whether you were or not is irrelevant. You didn't look like you were because of the glassware, almost. And I was fascinated by that different glassware. And I actually, <laughs> I actually wrote to camera as soon as I joined <laughs> about the whole glassware thing because mm-hmm. I found that our glassware was just so boring and didn't help it, didn't help us at all with trying to encourage people to drink different beers. We've spoke about it often about having you know the, the really small half pint glasses. Yeah, yeah, they just you don't know, work for me. They're at the all. ugliest half pint glasses mm-hmm. in the world. As the, a pint, the,
2: the straight ones. Oh, goodness. yeah.
1: No. Even uh, even the ones with the bit. Well, I don't remember the ones which come out a little bit. The, the nonic. Yeah, I think even potentially they're even worse because they, they always look a bit shorter. Yeah. You look like you could fit three of them in there, and I just found that the theatre of the Belgian beer scene <clears> and the glasses <clears> just made the whole thing seem so much more appealing. There, there, there wasn't anything I wasn't unwilling to try just because it looked fantastic from the outside in. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I, and I think I, I, I totally relate to a lot of that. Uh, it's the culture, it's the whole culture around going to the pub in Belgium, uh, table service. Uh, somebody comes and takes your order and then not only does the beer come in, in the correct class, somebody pours it for you. Perfectly, normally, at your table, and it's all designed to make the experience uh, so much more attractive. You don't have to stand at the bar, and you know, have the if all, all, their, all that, of the hassles that that can involve uh, yeah, in a busy pub. pubs are
1: being designed to stand at the bar, yeah, aren't it, they? Yeah,
2: it's so civilized. Yeah, so civilized. And then, of course, you've got for me a really interesting range of beer. And of course, of course, things have changed hugely in the UK in the last few years. But mid-90s, there were a lot fewer interesting beers in this country compared to what there are now. So for me, going to Belgium, the beer was so much more interesting. It was bigger ABVs. There was a bigger range. It was all very exotic. You know, the whole Trappist thing. I mentioned West Mala Triple, but just discovering all the Trappist beers and the monasteries and everything. There's There's a real allure about it uh and then going to smaller breweries and not trappist breweries but smaller mm. rustic breweries like the dollar browers uh, uh, and just getting into the whole um history of of that okay. i could see, absolutely yeah, I could see fascinating.
1: You, you can you can get drawn in um let's say the history of it but not just the, the big ABVs, but just a range of flavors that are on offer yeah the range of different beers yeah. you know so yeah. my first experience of that sort of funky type of beers, sour type beers, saisons, they would yeah. all have been in Belgium, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt all of yeah. those, and that was a long time before they were really coming over here, that would have been Belgium for me, yeah. straight away, Yeah, and that's what I would have associated with it
2: and 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 the, just thinking about my first trip to, to Belgium, sitting in uh, the, the, the pub that inspired me, which we still go to repeatedly, is uh, Bruges Berche in, in, uh, in Brugge and uh,
1: where, where is that in relation? Say in relation to the square, uh, you know, where the tower
3: is.
2: Uh, you had out of out of uh, out of town uh, up towards Hetzant Square, and uh, it's on the right, five minute walk from the market okay. square yep. on the right hand side, up a little side street. And for me, that's the most wonderful pub uh, run by Daisy uh, for many many years. Uh, she She's was, just left. Hasn't she, she the last year or so. Stood down a couple of years ago. Yeah,
1: I took uh, t- Michelle there on New New Year's. Day, I think.
2: fantastic good place to start the year yeah uh, Daisy was very keen to ensure that the pub continued after she had uh, retired uh, so she trained up uh, a success she, she, she sold it but made sure that the person taking it on would, would be a presence behind the bar because that's another thing you don't get so often here but you get very much in Belgium you go in and you will have somebody who is a, a, a regular presence behind the bar and Daisy provided that presence for, uh, I think it was 33 years in the end she did, 1983 to 2016, Some, something while. like that, it was a very long stint, uh, working incredibly long hours, six days a week, the pub is open four till 12-ish, uh, with the emphasis on ish. Yeah, I mean, uh, well,
1: wait four o'clock the day I turned up, so I'm, I made sure I knew where it yeah. was, because like you say, it's, you need to know where it is, and. I got there... We saw, saw where it was. It was a bit of a wet, rainy day. It's January. And there were people that... Again, stare at... There was definitely beer people waiting to get in, When I, even when I got there. <coughs> I could,
2: I've never, never queued outside very much. <laughs> 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 not for more than half an hour or so. Um, good...
1: good uh, I think we had toasted cheese and ham sandwiches in there as well. Yeah, um, yeah they do basic snacks. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, it's... It's very rustic in there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, but it feels... It's not a... Um, right. It's not a made-up rustic.
2: It just is. It, it just is. Of course, classical music and just the surroundings. You've yeah. got all of the, the sort of brewery signs on the walls. You've got old bottles up on the shelves. got a picture
1: of Michael Jackson on the, the fireplace they've got it on. Yep,
2: absolutely. Daisy and uh, her, her uh, ex-husband, Jan, who, you know, the two of them set the place up. A great photograph of them with a very young Michael Jackson. I mean, it's steeped in, in, uh, in history. And, of course, it was there that the camera good beer guide Belgium was was conceived. Uh, a group of beer writers uh, in the early 80s um, going to Belgium, having a similar experience yeah. to what we we're describing, getting their imaginations captured by this beer scene and deciding that uh, if the Belgians weren't going to write a guide, then the Brits should do it for them, and of course we're now on the eighth edition of the Good Beer Guide Belgium, uh, which is Tim Webb's last. Uh, co-wrote it with uh, Joe Stange. The last two, I think, have been uh, a double act, and now from from the next one on, it's going to be Joe himself, himself. And and of course he's going to do a fantastic job. Yeah, well, he's uh, well
1: steeped in the the history and the culture sure. out there as well, isn't he? Yeah. Very um, much so. I am now going to go back to the 2018 version. Okay, <clears throat> well, you, you two enjoy
0: that, won't you? I'm just going to sit here. And, <laughs> and in case yep. the listeners were wondering, I am still here. <laughs> um, obviously, I have no, I have nothing to input into a discussion about Belgium, um, having never
2: actually been in, in my adult formative years. Um, so we, we, one thing we need to come back to is the experience of uh, discovering Lambic. Uh, and... And we'll tell you perhaps <laughs> how, how to how to get into land mean, how know, to embrace it. A bit I more. know there's a, a a slight resistance, reluctance. It's uh, not dislike. It's
0: not resistance. Um, I just don't get it, um, and it also plays havoc with my indigestion as well. Okay,
2: so when are we going to Bruges, the three of us? We better do one of these recordings over in the back room. Oh, <laughs> well, 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 good for that. And Bruges, Belgium. We'll we'll <laughs> we'll do a tasting to to try and. Help you with that.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm fine with that process. journey. that would be a real journey. Well that would be an actual journey, journey, it? journey. Yeah,
2: well, um, So back G- to the 2018. What are you? What are you? What are you getting, Martin? Um, I'm definitely now that you,
1: you know, are doing it side by side. I'm definitely getting the fact that the 2018 is that little bit fresher. I think the fruity note is a little bit more pronounced to me, whereas the 2017 version, I'm getting. It feels, although it's only a year older a little bit more complex, there's a bit more sharpness coming through, dryness, that residual sweetness isn't there. But, it, even only two beers in, I can feel the... The room spinning. The,
3: the,
1: <laughs> the bouginess. The warmth w- <laughs> growing in the room. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. the, the,
0: the booziness is it's there. It's creeping up on but you. But it's not,
1: um, it's not because of any alcohol burn or anything like that, it's just because you can feel it a little bit. It's, mm. it, but it's, a, again, <clears> so drinkable.
2: Uh the twenty the, the twenty seventeen, as I mentioned, I think it's one of the best uh vintages, certainly for, for, for many many years. Uh really interesting going back now to the 2018 and finishing the, the pour we had of that. In my view, that shows how young the 2018 is. It feels a little less developed, a little less rounded. It tasted fantastic first when we tasted it first and now compared to the 2017 it's tasting to me just on the young side uh, it's an
1: interesting because I, I don't know how how often would you do that kind of thing where you do that kind of tasting so you'd have that thought in your head say you went to the uh, tap room as you said i presume at the tap room you can get the whatever the one is now so you'd have the
2: 2018 yeah you, yeah they've got it on draft at the tap room uh my good friend Des. Fisher was there yesterday, sending photo- or uh, a couple of days ago, uh, sending photographs, it really looked amazing. Uh, but yeah, you wouldn't be able to get r- multiple vintages yeah. unless you uh, know Chris very well and you get him talking and he goes down the cellar. Starts bringing them uh, out. And starts bringing them out, but no, for the average punter, it's not.
1: You're not going to be able to do a tasting, not, not a vertical really. tasting in the, in the room, are you? Yeah. Um, I, I know what you're saying, because, I mean, you know, you could tell that one was younger straight away yeah. once you had that side-by-side comparison yeah. but the first beer was still lovely for sure it was still a very drinkable beer for sure so, i mean I, in my head i'm thinking we're gonna get a bit more complex so the next one you're gonna pour is
2: well this is the this interesting is controversial one isn't it well controversial might be the wrong word but uh certainly there were a few issues with the 2016 and this is batch two uh which has the two stars on it and uh Mogan's went and bought two cases of it and it wasn't great straight out of the box total contrast to last year's which was amazing straight out of the box this one really split opinion some people hated it some people drain poured it uh, other people thought it was okay and maybe had signs of some promise I've kept a load of it and uh, two years on it's actually tasting pretty good again I thought it was my duty to have one at the weekend just to Make sure you've,
0: you've, you've put in some proper hard prep for just, the, yeah, just for you guys I mean yeah. uh,
2: it's not every day you get invited on a, an award winning uh, well, beer I mean, show
3: that's
0: true we, uh, we, this
1: is the, what every other guest needs to do yeah. from here on in absolutely uh, proper research yeah. well, I have
2: to say uh, oh, congratulations on your uh, Thank you. Guild Award by the way for, very, very well deserved but I have to say inviting me on I think it'll be the last award you ever, <laughs> ever win or so, so, runs uh, over <laughs> yeah. uh, do- downhill all the way the from here streak of one so um, so the, the 16. Knot, I'm going to hold this very close to the to the mic because it's going to open I think with a very um, small pshht, uh, okay. because there's not much carbonation you have to encourage it oh, it's actually slightly more than I thought there now, full
0: disclosure this is the beer which we did try isn't it this is the beer that we tried on on, on the flavor thing. of the month and my first flavor of the month we really enjoyed it me. as well yeah yeah
2: uh, now some people were getting an, all sorts of vegetable notes and weird stuff and it sounded like the beer was just off now even the ones I had straight away two years ago there was nothing off about them they just didn't pour very well and actually as I pour this you can see it's pouring very nicely indeed so yeah I mean you're doing a fantastic um, job yeah. of pouring that uh, and it's it's beautifully clear really good solid head and I'm going to predict based on the tasting I had at the weekend that that's going to hold the whole way down our our our, our pour. Uh, so can I'm can, I'm very pleased can you with my that actually. It's all the time for us. It's brilliant. <laughs> it would be a pleasure. And you're not it's spilling any. Either, create, so. create a new position. <laughs> official yeah. beer pour. Official chief, beer pour. Official chief pour. Yeah. What's the pay like? Is chief is it, pour. Uh, is it? Well, chief beer pour. Chief beer. Pour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think we could do that. Yeah. And uh, remarkably little sediment. I've poured more than that than I would ever normally pour. But um, so presumably all these beers do have. Um, Sediment, yeah, we got more sediment off the 17 actually than the 16, and you can see it's there's very little kicking around in the in the, in the glass if you if you look at that No, the, there isn't. The it's, uh, no,
1: actually,
0: you you, you get, you've poured that. Actually, these glasses here.
1: are excellent for looking underneath, actually. Aren't they yeah, you get a great
0: look at the uh, the underside of a bubble, yeah. which I've
2: never done before. No,
0: yeah, I do it all the time there
2: Yeah, it'll be your latest thing. Yeah, that's, so, got a, bit,
0: that's a future show, show name, the underside of a bubble. I'm loving the nose on that. I'm going to put that one out there straight away. I'm getting a um, oh. almost slightly um, spirit kind of notes on it. Almost like it's been barrel aged.
2: Yeah, it's
0: almost like a barrel. Like, we, no, we definitely didn't say before.
2: No, like no, going back to the little bit of the 17 we've we've held on to is going to be instructive. Uh, be very interested in your thoughts as we go back to that.
1: I think you'd have to be a better person than me to recognize the same beer almost
2: isn't that very good it's
1: hugely different On the nose, definitely, yeah. i mean wow
2: and yet i'm convinced that this 2016 has still got its best year as well ahead of it i think that's maybe another three years to go before that's just perfect but it's definitely better than it was last year and last year it was a step forward from 2016. okay so when people
1: first had this in 2016 you, like you said, it was very, quite polarizing, the views about it. Yeah. We had it in 2016. And we enjoyed it. You we enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. Um, you know, we, we, you know, things like stewed traditional fruits, mm-hmm. those kind of notes yeah. came off it for us. Um, we even mooted the possibility, is it one of those beers you could almost mull with those <laughs> yeah, yeah, fruit was, flavors?
0: When I listened back to it, I was like, yeah, it's, you can make a mulled beer out of this yeah. if such um, a thing exists.
1: You can, you can mull beer. Um, I'm not sure whether this will, but the stewed fruits, I think, is what led us to the, to the mm. mulling. Um, and we we fairly certain, but judging by... I mean, we did a 15-minute recording, we finished both beers. We didn't take long
0: to do it. This is reminiscent of like a barley wine for me in terms of its nose and, and certainly the initial flavours that, that you get from it.
2: Yeah, I'm still getting a little harshness out of it and certainly much, it's much harsher... Than the seventeen, which I think is perfectly smooth, rounded, all of those, um, all of those adjectives. This for me is still balancing out, and it was it was all over the place two years ago. Uh, I didn't get a bad one, but I, and again we talked about earlier about the different batches, yeah. and um, I think there might have been one batch which was not good. Batch two, for me, the only thing that wasn't good about it was it was uh, the, the, it was very lacking in carbonation, and it wasn't very well balanced. It's definitely coming together. Compared to the seventeen, it's got a way to go. So,
0: so you said that you think in another three years it's probably going to hit its its peak almost. Mm. How do you judge that? Is that is, is that is that purely guesswork, or is there a little bit of science in there or does it come down to your experience of of just drinking and ageing and letting beers sit and going back to them how how do you know that in three years that's going to be even better
2: there's definitely no science involved it's simply uh through trial and error over the years uh I, I suspect that that one in particular will be uh will be really good after five years so uh who knows? It'll be fascinating to see. I've just got to make sure I don't drink it all, uh, either this Christmas or next Christmas. With still an act, I should um, say I'm very very disciplined. I only drink it between end of November, mid 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 to end of November, up until early to mid January. If there's a uh, particularly cold snap, I have been known to uh, pull one out in February or even I think I might have had one in March this year. That one of those really snowy yeah. mm-hmm. days. But generally, I keep it to. Uh, Christmas and around uh, and th- over the last few years I've gone over to get some Stillenacht uh, and other Christmas beer supplies last weekend or the, or the weekend before of November uh, and that's when the, the Christmas beers arrive in Belgium so always have my first still Stillenacht at that time but I don't keep one in the fridge to have at random times during the year for me that's part of the beauty of Belgian Christmas and winter beers is having them in the right season. Um, there's a, a a pub at least one pub in the uh, in the States that has Christmas in July festivals and it's dominated by big Belgian beers like this. You know, imagine ninety degree heat somewhere boiling hot in the States and drinking a load of still and acts. For me it's, <laughs> it's not the bill we to. Be honest, it, imagine
1: going outside
2: after it, you've had those. Yeah. It would be it would be a, a laugh, but yeah. It's not something I want to do uh, on a regular basis. I think you, you were tweeting the other day about seeing a, you know, IPAs in the fridge at this time of year and thinking, "Now, yeah, I want something yeah, dark.
0: Yeah, I, I, I am very much into You're my, very much a seasonal drinker. I am very you? much into a dark yeah. beer phase now, yeah.
2: And, and that's one of the things that they do so well in Belgium. Christmas beers, winter beers, those big dark beers uh, are perfect in the winter. I, I don't want to drink this stuff in the spring or summer. That I
0: can understand that, and then
2: it's all the more special when you come back to it the next year.
1: Yeah, but isn't it one of these? I mean, I, I, I you know, while we're talking about Christmas beers, um, although sorry, by the time this comes out, it'd be more like winter beers we're talking about. Mm. But traditionally, over here, our winter beers, Christmas beers, festive beers, are very much on that dark, reddish hue side of the, the line, aren't they? Whereas we've had now, this is our third iteration of this beer, and it's fairly much
0: an, well, a lager. Type colour, isn't it? Well, it's it's listed on Untapped as a Belgian as a strong golden ale. So ov- obviously that, that's that's what you come to expect from it. But but yeah, like you say, when when you think about the UK and winter or Christmas beers, essentially what you're expecting are you you, you, you talk like your dark ales, your strong bitters. You yeah. may be looking at some stouts, maybe some vintage vintage ales in there, your barley wines, that sort of thing. That's what you're thinking of, and and then you go into that. Goddamn awful iteration of your christmas beer which is essentially rosy nosy yeah your, oh. your,
2: it's, it's your regional Rock, brewery's best
0: yeah. bitter with, with with a jar of spices poured yeah. in and so. a
2: stupid label yes yeah,
0: yeah.
1: and I mean, no. all, all the things which yeah. are completely wrong about the beer at that time of year yeah
2: well of course they, they the, the the belgians are not immune to having ridiculous labels or names uh um, mm-hmm. and a you know, there's, there's
1: it never have been far, far too many
2: uh, examples, but uh, one thing they do get right in my mind is knowing what constitutes a proper Christmas beer, yeah. or a proper winter beer. And you were asking earlier what else I, I tend to buy when I go on my uh, beer run pre Christmas. Uh, and the other brewery I tend to, to buy a lot of beers from is uh, Hatanker in uh, Mechelen between Antwerp and. Uh, Brussels, a uh, brilliant brewery, one of my other best breweries in Belgium, or favourite breweries in Belgium. Uh, and there, two, the, the two beers I particularly buy are the Hood and Carolus Christmas, uh, which is a, t- a 10 or 11% uh, deep, dark rich winter beer. Still
0: staying, staying on Sensible side glad Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, can't stick on 12% all the time. No, yeah, no. yeah.
2: Uh, and then the, the special beer, which isn't really a Christmas beer, but they release it um, at this time of year, the Kuvei van der Kaiser, which is brewed on the 24th of February to celebrate the Emperor's birthday, of course, and uh, it's a marvellous beer. I bought, I think I got 12 of those this year, just so I can... Um, Roll them out over the next few years. I know Phil Hardy will be uh, very jealous. How how
0: big is your cellar? I don't have a cellar. Where do you? He's got a five-bedroom house, but he only lives in one room. Yeah, (laughs) you must have so much space to keep all of these these beers. I mean, you cut your your most recent run. You filled your car up.
2: Where 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 do you keep them all? We live in a first-floor flat. So so where where's all the beer? The other
0: twelve flats.
2: Oh, so we just opened the twenty fifteen yeah we're, we're, we're racing through uh, these now so we've still got some 16 that's yep. good so, yeah, we've, all, yeah. we've um, all got the lessons now so yeah. the, the, the the first floor flat um, when we first went to Belgium we came back with some nice um, uh, you know those those boxes you get with like a glass oh, like yeah. two or three of the like beers of you know? I remember getting a Westmallow one a Galefa one and Grimbergen and stuff you, know, you bought yeah. you didn't know I didn't know any better just bought stuff that you could get looked nice yeah, the beer seemed alright. Yeah, don't buy so much of the. Oh, God, this, oh. Is, this is escaping. So, um, a lively 2015. Yeah. From memory, this was a pretty good year, by the way. So, fingers crossed. We didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> we were definitely
1: less impressed. So, up front. Uh, when we did the, re- the recording for Flavoured Month, we were less impressed with the 2015 than 2016. No, the 16. Yeah, See, at, the ti- at the time we were having both of them.
2: That
0: is very interesting. Yeah, and yeah. I think there was a, an absolute peach of a comment in there as yeah. well, wasn't shall there? That, shall, shall
1: I, I quote? quote? Go, go, on. go on. So, um, basically, uh, we were just chatting about the whole ageing thing and about when you should drink it. We we both agreed at the time that the 2016 was spot on. Yeah. You should drink it there and then. Drink fresh. Yeah, and that the 2015 had not
0: benefited from the ageing. And fact, wouldn't get any better with yeah.
2: age. Okay, interesting. There's a lot more sediment on that and um, a wee bit more mesh. Which I actually think but
0: at the time, Des, when we put that show out, I think you may have commented on yeah. certainly one of our tweets about it where we said Definitely. we didn't enjoy the 2015. Might, might well have done. Yeah. Uh, disagreeing,
2: presumably. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Uh, so just for the record, this is the, the the first batch from 2015. It's got the one star beside the, the date on the cap. Uh, who knows which batch you had? Let's let's try it. Didn't know about that. Oh, I wouldn't thing. have known to have looked for a star,
0: no. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say straight away, this one looks darker. It is darker. <clears throat> than, I mean, if you look at it compared to
1: that,
2: na- I they mean, obviously, all the others. We've got less the gl- in the glass, but still, you're right. Yeah. And we should remember to open the 14, keep about half of this in the glass, because this is going to get progressively more interesting as we go back uh, and see the different um, shades I mean
1: at the time as well We one of the things we also said was it was definitely less carbonated than 2016 and in the glass it looks less carbonated to me than what we had there yeah this one held the carbonation better than 2016
2: um, I'm, I'm still very happy with that carbonation and um, if you just provoke it a little bit you see it, it's got a lovely, lovely head on it but we did comment
1: that it was mellow
2: oh, I think that's great
1: So basically, what we're going to have to turn around and say is that, do you know what that aging bit worked all right?
0: Yeah, I, I think I think if people want to listen back to that as well, we'll put a link in the show yeah. notes to our original thoughts on twenty sixteen and and, and and fifteen um, because it is very different from what we're actually tasting now. Definitely, my memory of it and my perception of it because it's almost it's Just almost two years on to the day. It's over two years when when we recorded. It's over two years. Put that show we did, we out, yeah. did
1: in uh, November twenty six late November twenty sixteen. Yeah.
0: Um, so as we record this, we're mid-December. Yeah, people are listening in January. So, so yeah, well, it's, over, it's two well over two years. This
2: is the beauty of this whole aging thing. This is why I buy far too much beer. Because, yeah,
0: but you still haven't told us where you keep it. Oh, I keep it. So yeah, it's, always, <laughs> <laughs> it's got key codes written. Yeah, <laughs> only because we yeah. want to know where this secret storage <laughs> is.
2: No, we we it started off. So we brought back you know those display yeah. boxes. Uh, uh, that you know, soon graduated uh, from that to, to buying creative stuff and, and, and much bigger quantities. But at first uh, I, I took over a shelf in the, in the back room and that was the beer shelf. And then that turned from one shelf into two, the way these things happen. Uh, and then uh, eventually that shelf, um, there's four shelves in that cupboard and that became the beer cupboard. And then I took over another shelf, and then the fireplace got commandeered, and the who needs heating, <laughs> overrated. Yeah, it was an unused fireplace, I should <laughs> say. And um, my lovely wife bought a beer fridge for me. Oh, I don't know, five, ten years ago, something like that, a good number of years ago, uh, and it fitted perfectly in this fireplace. So there's now the fridge and some boxes. That's actually where I keep the still in act right beside the the, the fridge, and. Uh, now uh the beer room uh, as it now is uh <laughs> it, it also has um some uh boxes random boxes on the on the floor uh and uh uh, uh, uh one of those dresser things full of glasses and that's only the spare glass collection because the main glass collection in the kitchen is in a in a, in a proper cupboard with a, a few shelves and that's absolutely rammed full i've had to box up so glasses recently
0: okay yeah. so if so well, any well, of our we, listeners yeah. um have two glass collections, please tweet us and let us know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I do, because I've got the ones in the beer cupboard, You, you know the beer cupboard. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, the beer cupboard. I oh. went to, when I moved from my house in with Michelle, I did uh, donate quite a few to charity, brought up to Steve's place in Beer Niveau. Um I have recently boxed another load as well, because the glasses were taking away space from the beers, and I decided what was my prior- priorities. It was the beer rather than the glasses. Yeah and which glasses hadn't I used since I moved in, which was basically all those pint festival glasses. I
2: was just going to say the word festival. Uh, I don't the, use them at home.
0: You do You do kind of end up collecting uh, those, don't yeah. you?
2: And tasting glasses from festivals, from some of the sort of more crafty yeah, beer festivals because now. Because you, you, you don't use
0: them at
1: home.
2: Well, and how many do you need? Yeah. You know, and okay, I love my Belgian beer glasses, and I've got far too many. Uh, I do like to have the right glass for most of the beer yeah. I drink, but there's always stuff you get you don't have the glass but there's always a generic shape which works well with any given Belgian beer so you've got plenty of choice but there's glasses in there I haven't used in years I I pulled out two at the weekend I didn't even know I had two of that particular glass a Grotten beer glass yeah Uh, one of the old Pierre Sellis um, uh, famous beers from the the, the guy who basically invented Hogarden Uh, two, two of those lovely goblets where did I get that second glass? So there's all sorts of stuff in there. You can never have too many glasses, but actually, you know, there's a limit. And a lot of those little festival glasses, you bring them home and you realise after a while, I'm not going to use this. It's, so, not, yeah. it's
1: not a glass you will use at yeah. home. I've, I've got, no, got quite a few of those. Because
0: at most, they're a third pour. Yeah. And I know, I know you will share most of your beers with Michelle, mm-hmm. but even so, you're still not going to get no, a, a beer in two of those glasses. Yeah. You need something just a bit big, yeah. bigger, and, and I've I've actually just done the same this past weekend because I'm moving soon, and I've got to find less space. I'm going to have less space in my kitchen yeah. for my glassware, so I've gone through my glass cupboard and I'm like, I've literally got rid of an entire shelf and just gone. I don't use these. Yeah. They're, they're just in here for show. So I've I've basically now got myself. A nice glass for stouts, a nice glass for IPAs, something for lagers, and then a generic Belgian-shaped beer. Should I happen to find myself drinking a Belgian beer on a rare occasion at home?
1: Yeah, but also for for me, obviously, I when I drink with Michelle, we tend to do the, the paired-up glasses. Yeah, when we drink for the show, we tend to pair up the glasses as well. Yeah. And um, Michelle does like a pair. Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> but also, you know, it doesn't. Again, going back to the whole aesthetics,
0: it does look good. It, it does. It does look good, but. Sometimes it does come down to practicalities. Oh, yeah, yeah. And but there, there, there are, probably much like Jezebel was saying there in terms of you've got your, your Belgian glasses and you will you'll try and have the right beer in the right glass. Yeah. For, for some reason, I, I have this thing that I can only have a barley wine in my teku. And I, and I think that's because it's like a wine-shaped glass. Well, they do,
2: they do work really well. Yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's an appropriate glassware.
2: So um, what, do you, what do you guys make of, of this? Um, <laughs> I knew you were going to go here. <laughs> uh, I'll let somebody else reveal which glass we're, we're looking at a picture of. But um, what I mentioned on Twitter and in um, discussion with Melissa Cole and a few others this afternoon, uh, somebody tweeted a picture of an utterly ridiculous saucer type it's thing. It's
0: essentially a soup bowl, isn't no, it? it looked like a dog
2: bowl. A okay. dog, like, dog like, bowl might be more accurate. It looked
1: like a, a bowl that a dog would drink water out of. And,
2: and this poor person was served beer in this, yeah. and obviously tweeted about it, because that's what you do. Um And it reminded me of... um But
1: it looked wholly, the beer looked wholly unattractive in that glass. Yes. Yeah. But also, how
2: would you
0: hold that? Well, well, I yeah, not want to be like, drinking beer with two hands. Yeah, that's what you had to do.
2: So this glass we're looking at from our recent uh, visit to, to Bermondsey, uh, I think that's all I'll say, Yeah, uh, is the new glassware from this brewery. And uh, it actually looks quite appealing, I have to say. It's a very smart uh, glass with the, the logo on the front. And the beer is, is obviously in good condition. It sits well yeah. in the glass. Uh, but I thought it really did not play to the strengths of the aroma of the beer. And it does nothing. The shape of that glass it does nothing. It's got straight sides. It's much more like a whiskey tumbler. And that's exactly does,
1: what I was thinking it's a whiskey tumbler yeah. I've got quite a few whiskey tumblers at yeah. home and it reminded me straight away
2: very nice looking glass that's the wrong shape of glass for uh, that was a stout of some sort if I remember right or a porter that needs something like the Urbeer glass where, where we're drinking from for, for so half still first Yeah, you know, something that let, let the aromas the, the tulip uh, is, is a great description yeah. it lets the aromas out and, and that one for me fails. I want to do the business.
0: I, I want beer in a beer glass, please. I don't. I, I, no, and, and this this is one of those worrying. I, I say worrying. One of these trends at the moment where it seems to be who can have the most out ridiculous. there ridiculous glass. Yeah.
2: And of course, this we're just looking at another one from. This is from Ansbatch and Hobday. This is
0: like the classic. This is the Craft Craftmaster craft, craft craft one. one beer at glass, yeah. isn't it? Very or, popular. Or an evolution of that.
2: Uh, this is actually a draft canteen at uh, their uh, pub in Camberwell, Camberwell which is, is rather good, the pigeon. And uh, not only was the beer brilliant, but actually that glassware worked quite well. It's not my favorite type of beer glass because you have to hold the stem in which there is beer.
1: Yeah, so you're and, warming up the beer straight away.
2: And you're warming it up. Uh, the uh, The tulip, the classic tulip with a stem that we're using here is much better suited to that because you normally hold the stem and the beer. It doesn't get warmed by your hand.
1: Well, it's one reason why wine glasses are designed exactly the same way. Mm. Yeah. So the stem is away from the actual drink itself.
0: Yeah. yeah. I've, I've got a bit confused. Um, am I supposed to be finishing either of these? Oh, no. Well, oh. Because yeah, <laughs> I've, 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 I've kind of stopped drinking because <laughs> right. I'm worried now that I'm going to finish so something get, that I hold on. yeah, Yeah,
2: So what was your uh, uh, opinion of the 16 going back to it after the 15? Um,
0: the 16 probably... So far, probably been my favourite in in terms of its the the, 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 the profile the flavours that are in there and and the sorts of beers that I enjoy. For for me, I, I think I said it at the time. It's very reminiscent of barley wine for me, and and, and I do love a nice the sixteen, the 16. okay, yeah, um, fifteen. Um, it's a lot, and, and again, we said this at the time. It's a lot softer. It's it's a lot easier to drink. Um, Do you still think that's the case? It, it, yeah. See, because I don't. So I did. There's the loads time. of flavour in it, as, as well, which is maybe what I was was lacking last time for me. I think I'm getting the
1: 16 has got more of that. Sorry, the yeah, the 16 has got more of the softness, um, and that feels a bit more mellow now. Whereas I'm thinking for me the 15, I'm getting a bit more of that woody harshness coming through. And I'm not saying it's been in wood at all, but that's
0: what I'm getting. No, I'm, I'm getting none of that. I think 15 out of the beers so far. The 15 is probably closest to this year's, like to the 18. <clears throat> although it's all already beginning to come become very muddled, and I'm just wondering what my untapped check-ins are going to be like <laughs> when, I, when, I, I, when I come back to trying to review. Just e- go, e-
1: just go listen to
0: the show. E- um, each of these, yeah.
1: So, Jason, you've you've, yeah. you've had these more often than us.
2: <clears throat> yeah, although I haven't had a 15 for. a Certainly since last Christmas, so I um, well, mean, really my, one of those. My research failed. For the, your research at the weekend. Uh, uh, sorry, chaps. I, hope <laughs> no. I, I told you this show was going to go downhill yeah, when I came on it. Now, can't I get there. I just, I, d- I just had this image please, of
0: you now sat in this
2: <laughs> huge <laughs>
0: armchair in your beer room, doing <laughs> a seven-year vertical <laughs> with a load of empty bottles all around you, and 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 your wife coming in and saying to you, "What are you doing?" And you're just sitting there going, preparing for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not even sorry, that's sort of thing. so we've gone from a vertical tasting to horizontal
2: at that <laughs> yeah. point. So Brilliant! What, what's, what's, what's your view of these two beers? Then? So, I, I, uh, two, two things the 16, I think, is is definitely, I've just gone back to it and definitely far better than it was two years ago. Uh, very, very happy with how that's coming on and very pleased. I've still got, um, I can't remember the number, but oh, I've you got said it. you bought two cases, didn't you? Yeah, I think I've got maybe. 12 left, something like that. I've got a decent number left, so I'm going to go easy on that uh, this Christmas, uh, Hopefully, hoping that I manage to keep a few for years ahead. Uh, the 15, um, unlike yourselves, I think the 15 is fantastic. I'm very, very happy with it. I would put it only a little behind the 17 in the ranking so far, uh, with the caveat that the 18 is very young and even though it's great particularly when you taste it first i don't think it stands up to the ones that i've had a couple of years so the 15 for me is wonderful i
1: think for me the 15 is going to, have to be last out of the four we've had so far this is where i'm going so i need to right. keep a bit of keep the 15. It, so we've all got a bit of 15 yep. and
2: let's pour now the 14.
0: i love this back in time but it's, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's just like um, it's, it's history lesson, proper. It's, right? Yeah, it's going a year at a time. Yeah. Don't, don't you ever get worried that your house is going to burn down and you, you're, you're going to lose the opportunities? Well, all well these to be beers? fair, it burned really quickly though. <laughs> <laughs> because because that's that. Well, I've um, had that fear recently, um, and I've as, as a result of that, I've started getting into some of the beers that I was aging because I because I'd, you didn't want. Because I had a panic that one of two things could happen. I, I could die tomorrow yeah. and never know what those yeah. beers are going to taste like and not have to worry about it. I know. Or I could go to work tomorrow and come home and my house is burnt down and I'd know I'd lost all of that beer and I'd, uh, I'd spend the rest of my life knowing that. Yeah. So why should I just leave it and not drink it?
2: You see, the, the, I, I, I have all of those concerns. And... Uh, and yeah that's you need to you you need to finish that yeah uh of course you 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 can't win with that respect because if you if you don't buy the beer in ridiculous quantities and let it age then you'll never find out what it's like years down the line you
1: you obviously quite love doing it oh it's great you you know even now when you're talking there's a smile on your face talking about the whole aging buying storing doing the comparisons yeah you light up when you talk about it,
2: and it's just—it's just for the complete hell of it, you know. It's good fun, and uh, it, it requires all it requires is you know, fortunate. We get we get to Belgium a lot. We're very fortunate. We've got a car, and we can pick up all this stuff. Uh, we can afford to do it. We might, might not be able to afford it much after the end of next no. March, because nobody will be able to leave the country or afford to buy any no, beer. Leaving the country is a non-starter. So, uh, hence. Um, your panic buying. but pan- once, panic once,
0: once we've found the location Of the sea, secret beer bunker That Jezza <laughs> has We'll <laughs> all, be alright yeah. yeah. So we are just got to live there You'll yeah. be
2: fine. Uh, It's great fun And and so therefore for me that outweighs The fear of oh my god What happens if I drop dead tomorrow And I didn't get to try this particular beer Well you know It's a risky take isn't yeah. it so l- you, Lots your, of risks in your, life your,
1: your, your missus obviously shares your interest Does she share your
2: passion for the beers yeah, oh very much so and particularly this one so she's most miffed that I've brought sort of it's <laughs> something to share with people she's never met still an act out tonight and uh, to on, a, on Tuesday like <laughs> um, and I keep just keep um Reassuring her that actually it's just helping with a bit of stock control. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are doing us a Love favor that. and helping to.
1: So that you can bring some more stock in. control. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, r- r- stock rotation. Yeah. It's very
2: important. Uh, unfortunately, still an artist like her favorite Belgian Christmas beer, one of her favorite beers it's per ra- se, per rapidly se. becoming mine as well. Uh, Come on, I mean, I mean, yeah, and, I mean, uh, the Christmas beer is fantastic. Yeah. So um, yeah, she she loves uh, she loves big imperial stouts. She loves the big Belgian winter beers. We're going over to the Kirst Beer Festival this weekend, the Christmas Beer Festival in Essen. I don't and think I Alge- should
1: ever let her no. meet Michelle. Uh, uh, no, no Imperial Stouts no. and the big Belgian beers. Yeah. Uh, no. yeah, she
2: went to... Last time we were in New York, she said, right, I'm only going to drink beers that are... Uh, uh, she's pretty much Imperial Stouts, 10% plus. I don't want to see anything less. And she did that for the whole fortnight. And, <laughs> uh, Sorry. Yeah, I... I it was brilliant. And Why isn't she here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Trust me, she obviously wanted to come along with these beers. Yeah. I reckon. So the 2014 we're on now, and this is pouring really well. So I'm just going to yep. angle and this which, one. Which batch number is this? It's batch number three. So For how, what it's worth?
0: How many? How many batches do they generally you, usually do each, usually each
2: year? three or four? Okay. Yeah, it varies, uh, but usually three or four. And there may be subtle differences between each of yeah, those batches. exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm reliably told by my friends at the beer warehouse that, that batch one and two this year, they've just tested batch two, and it hasn't really changed that much for batch one. Uh, so that's good, because I thought batch one was pretty good. Uh, so this one, yeah, a little, getting a little bit more sediment. Out of the 14, uh, let's see. Yeah, I might just stop around about there.
0: I mean, for, for, for the audio listeners, that yeah. it's, it's all gone quiet apart from the sound of pouring. Yeah, yeah, sorry. We're, we're, we're sorry. sat here oh, sorry, wrong way watching um, We're just watching Jessup. Absolutely <laughs> as accurate as possible with these pours. Yeah
1: but not just uh, the pores, but also the way of pouring Jeez. as well oh yeah
0: it's, it's, it's from up you, high. You, you,
1: you're fair, you are pouring um, and again I go back to uh, that time we were in Dublin with the guy from Delirium the, the pouring's quite high up yeah Yeah. is that what, what is the reason for that because over here we're fairly much programmed to pour almost a beer at 45 the glass at 45
2: uh, I I've seen
1: I know also Rob is going to slate me
2: for that I've seen so many people do this sort of tippy toe thing. Yeah, you know, as you said, get the angles right. Pour it really slowly. Make sure it doesn't foam over. Don't want to get too much of a head on that. I know that's that's ridiculous. Why? Why?
1: Why? why, You know, obviously, this goes down to the whole maybe the north south divide thing. But why we why are we so afraid of that? foamy head on a beer
2: i'm not i like it i like a nice yes, bit of fun. but should we blame camera for that you know a lot of people you, are people want their pint of liquid a oh,
0: few beers in let's not start blaming camera for things because <laughs> uh, we could literally be here for
2: days let's move on <laughs> Quick, but in in belgium it's a completely different culture now of course the the background to this is is slightly explained by the fact that it's a uh, yes, there's a lot of draft beer in Belgium, particularly when you go to the mass market. You know, Jupiler is the yeah. biggest, biggest selling beer in Belgium. Uh, uh, the, the the sort of more speciality stuff, unfortunately, is still lower percentage of the market. But a lot, and uh, particularly going back a number of years, a lot of the uh, the beers, a lot of the great beers in Belgium were uh, predominantly available in bottles you immediately take out any issues of quantity so you can wor- you can just worry about pouring things theatrically and properly and of course there's so much extra aroma released by a big foamy head and belgians love their big foamy heads uh, so they pour it to get with a bit of gusto to get that head into the beer. And a Belgian beer does not look right if it's served with no head. No, I, I it's completely agree. I, I, yes. I, I think, I the, think glasses, wrong with it, yeah. the glasses yeah.
1: lend themselves to that as well. Yeah. The glasses lend themselves to having that foamy head. You know, minimum of two fingers, for example, was as, as a guideline maybe. But yeah. you're not just all about Belgium, are you? No. I mean, my, my introduction was... Jezza from Beer Guide London. And we, we haven't really touched upon that yet. Because so no, we're yeah. too busy drinking 12% yeah. oh, well, no, well, we're, just, we're just going to carry yeah. on. You could uh, easily forget. ask him a question. <laughs> um, so, Beer Guide London, how did that come about?
2: So, I, I think during those earlier years um, when I was uh, lived in London for 20, uh, 28 years now so um, for a large number of those years uh, there were a relatively Few, or there was a relatively small number of places to go and drink good beer. So uh, I used to get asked uh, by visitors, friends coming to London, where should I go to drink good beer? So I started to make a note of the places that I would recommend and it started off with three places.
1: Are you uh, prepared to name
2: different? I, oh, I certainly am. Yeah, it was the White Horse in Parsons Creek, uh-huh. uh, the Wenlock Arms, Yep. And the Market Porter.
1: Okay, now all three of those?
2: They've been around for a very long time. They continue to serve very good beer yep. today. Uh, they have their strengths, their weaknesses, but, you know, three classic London pubs. And they feel like pubs as well. Proper pubs. Yep. As, as many people would say. And essentially, Beer Guide London started from making a note of those three places and continuing to make notes of places that sold good beer. Uh, and I used to send this guide out. It was a Word document with um, three, then four, then five, and it was up to dozens of places uh, that, that had good beer. I would send it to friends, and they all said, You should put this online. And eventually, through my good friend Fred, Fred Waltman in uh, Los Angeles, he is an IT guy. He's also a big beer drinker, and uh, he spends a lot of his life researching. Researching, uh, a, bit, a bit like this research. Your research, yeah. And uh, actually, going to see him on Thursday in Antwerp uh, for a uh, uh, an overdue beer guide London um board meeting. Where else would you uh, have a
1: beer guide London board meeting? Then in Antwerp, uh, uh, <laughs> drinking ten exactly. to twelve ten beers as, as a minimum, obviously.
2: Yeah, he's got a head start because he's spent a week in Amsterdam researching uh, for Beer Guide Amsterdam and essentially, to cut a long story short, I, so I had I had got this guide which was a word document and Fred helped me to put it online. Uh, it became Beer Guide London uh, and we launched it online five years ago. We started start of January 14 so we're just about to hit our fifth anniversary and since then uh, Fred has also put online a lot of his other beer guides, Dublin, Amsterdam, Prague uh, oh he already had uh, Bamberg, he's a Bamberg expert so he's a Franconia expert spends a load of his time
1: Bamberg is somewhere I've never been to
2: Oh, uh, you desperately want to go you guys have got to do it he's uh, one, one of
0: your favourite beer styles smoked beer yep. isn't
2: it? Yep. The, although, although
0: I am feeling Jesse keeps saying we need to go to places in Europe I'm feeling that kind of camper van trip thing again <laughs> that we, we, we keep threatening <laughs> Only opinions, we, if only we can get Thornbridge, Jaipur, then that's what we need to and drive, drive it. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm sure they'd be up for that. <laughs> so do you continually
0: update
1: the website? Uh,
2: yeah, so I don't know. I've lost track of how many guides we, we have in the, the beer guide family, as it were. But it must be upwards of 15, maybe 20. And there's an app for each one. So Fred's developed an app. Uh, and uh, I have to say they are they are rather good yeah. um my job in uh beer guide london is to research. Per- personally <laughs> research all oh, of these places I, I,
0: that must be such hard work Jezza. it's it's terrible i mean cheers
2: to his dedication yeah, yeah. Uh, uh and it, it being the end of the year and uh in you know my dedication to preparation for this esteemed event uh I did put together some stats at the weekend. We we do love a stat. Oh, we do love stats. Yeah. So we uh, since I'm too TAT
1: fans, we yeah.
2: we currently have uh, 262 entries in our guide, and the guide we're a bit brutal, so uh, we we don't just stick someone in the guide and then leave them there. We we continually boot people out if they're no longer up to standard, and so, of, of course. You
1: have to visit to judge they're up to standard. So
2: the the criteria for going in the guide is, firstly, I've got to have been there. Secondly, I've got to assess, and it's a very subjective thing, I've got to say this is up to standard. It's a place that I'd be happy to recommend to people where they can get good beer in London. And Can I just jump in there?
0: Far ahead. That... That element is so important because... What, the recommend? Yeah, how many times have, have we all been asked by a friend, where's good to go here or there? And, and you, do, you take a moment to say, well, where do I go to enjoy myself? Yeah. Where do yeah. I go for a good time? Oh yeah, I go there. I would happily recommend that place. So there are
1: certain pubs in certain places I would recommend almost like that.
0: Yeah, without even thinking about so, it. So, Colchester, yeah. the vic obviously. The vic yeah,
1: we'd say the Anne House and Chelmsford. Yeah. So yeah, it's still subjective,
0: because but I that, I know
1: that that pub is not for everyone.
0: It's it's subjective, but what that adds to it is a really personal element. In terms, of it makes it really
2: almost friendly. Yeah, um, the whole point of the guide it's a it's a curated guide. It's not a guide that people can pay to get into, it's not a guide that we stick somewhere in because we think it might be good. It's a guide that has places we have personally been to and we know they're good and we're happy to recommend and, and I think it does give it that personal touch and of course maintaining a consistency is virtually impossible because I spend a ridiculous amount of my life going around and checking new places out, you know most of the places I check out I put in the guide but not all of them and then of course you've got other places that have either closed or they're not as good anymore or the bar has been raised because London's getting so much better all the time and new places open they raise the bar and places that were good five years ago or ten years ago no longer meet that standard. So there's a continual process of booting places out of the guide and keeping it up to, to date, and then, then of course, good places close as well. This year we've had Jukes uh, uh, Beaver Time, yeah, place Jukes Brew and Q that closed and it's reopened to different guys. Uh, but we lost Jukes, we lost Mason and Co, which was mm. you know a fantastic bar by five points. But of course we've gained the Pembry Tavern, which they've opened and they've transformed it in my view. It was, oh. Uh,
1: the- uh, th- what it was like before, it was like uh, inside. Yes, it was it was that as well. But it was like a nineteen seventy social club that had been left alone for twenty years. That's what it was like. Um, it was awful inside, and even when I went there, it, n- it had so much potential because from the outside, where that pub is on that triangle, at the fi- at literally the five points area of Hackney, you knew that someone could do something with it. I'm so glad that someone took it over. Otherwise, it would have be been prime real estate.
2: I couldn't and agree more.
1: Inside now, you go in; the bar's been done up, but the shape of the place looks exactly the same. It's just, it's just been given a bit of TLC. That's yeah. literally all they've done is TLC. They it, haven't changed I, it.
2: I call it a sympathetic upgrade. Yeah, there's two great um, words that the Flemish use. Um, one is democratic, and one is, is sympathetic. And um, a democratic—they uh, talk about democratic prices being good, fair prices. I think it's a great word. And a sympathetic upgrade is—is is what I describe, the Pembry.
1: I'd agree with that. I think it's a very apt description, actually. They've
2: kept what was the the soul of a great pub. Yeah. But it was a bit shabby. It was a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's now just had that little uplift, but it's retained the character, and of course the beer is fantastic. Uh, absolutely love that. It's one of the best new openings and uh, reopenings in London oh, this year. Definitely agree. Um, definitely but agree. The, the, the particular stat that stays with me this year, and I just need to, to get this up on my iPad. So, 262 entries in the guide at the minute. Of these, there's only 88 that survive from pre 2014. Pre twenty fourteen. Yeah. Wow. wow. Uh, That's
0: quite a short window. Yeah. Uh, as as well, isn't it? So two
2: yeah. two thirds of all of the entries in the guide are new since January twenty fourteen. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Yeah. And that shows the pace of change in. It shows. In London. Yeah. It
0: shows how quickly things are uh, are changing. Yeah. Like I say, especially in the London market.
2: Yeah. yeah. So thoughts
0: on the uh, the twenty fourteen. That I think we're drinking. Yeah, well, I'm rapidly that. losing track of time. So the,
1: four, <laughs> the, four, the 14's in the uh, the brandy glass. Um, we will just finished off the last bit. The fifteen before that. Um, I've just written. I've only written down two words beside the twenty fourteen on my very random notes, which I'm not going to understand the next day. Um, I was getting that kind of boiled sweet quality from this beer. Is what I was getting. That's all I've written down.
2: So but, deep, deeper richness yeah. for me, and and it's really fascinating going back from the fourteen, then to to finish off the fifteen, and it puts the fifteen in a new light, uh, which I I absolutely loved it in com- comparison to the sixteen. I much preferred it. You guys preferred the, the, the sixteen, 16 yeah. to the fifteen, and,
1: and still do I think probably. Uh,
2: but I much prefer the fourteen to Time the fifteen. Is
1: relative <laughs> at this stage. <laughs> Don't go with Doctor Who on me, otherwise this podcast would go on forever.
2: So I, uh, I think, does that say more about the 15 than the 14? Who knows? Uh, it's always difficult, but that's the beauty of these tastings to see how things stack up and how oh, things compare.
1: Sorry, I was just going to say off air. I was saying to to Jesa I've never done this kind of vertical tasting before. No, no, I haven't. Have you? This is this is first for me. Has it sparked a bit of interest doing something like? Because I mean. Both you and I have, over the last few years, bought the Fullers as they come out. Yeah. I'm very tempted to
0: do something similar. I I am, but I want to wait for an occasion. So I I want to wait until I've either got a certain number. So what occasion would it be, I I don't know. Speaking of
1: occasions, you know who knows when the right one will be you 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 said earlier what would happen if your house burned down or when you're moving yeah well at at the moment i've got what what are you going to pack the better your plates and your cutlery or your beers? my beer exactly
0: if if the plates break i can replace those exactly i can't i can't replace it and interestingly i was having this i was having this exact conversation with my son because i was talking to him about moving and he was like oh it's it's only beer day you don't need to worry about (coughs) wrapping it up and and I said to him, and, and I, I that was my reaction. I was like, mate, it's it's not only beer. I was like, there are some beers in there that are, that are literally irreplaceable, that they're either one of a kind or they're now so expensive to replace that I'm not going to do no. it. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look after my beer. am happening is that maybe you know for
1: for us as uh, as we do this kind of thing every now and again, maybe there's a show for us where we do the obvious version is fuller's obviously
0: well for us because that's what we're collecting yeah, yeah. well i've i've always i've always kind of I, I say always at least once i've said to you if and when we get to show 100 i think that's the occasion to to break out the, the fuller's vertical tasting You've just got beer given to you. Yeah, yeah it's, I not just, a bad, it's not bad. No, no. What what the, uh, the the sudden pause was there? This is the how much darker? Yeah, we've just been poured the <clears>
2: 2013, <throat> yeah. and it's so much darker and uh, wait till you Smell it. I've, uh, I've not even. I've cheers, you, chaffs, cheers, cheers. Yeah.
1: This beer is so much darker. It's, so, so what,
2: is, there, what, what, is there a particular reason why this beer is that much darker? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that that is uh, simply the the age. That it's, that it's just developed, and I think it's a lot uh, richer. I, I'm i tasting a bit more, how do you define that sort of aged thing? I think we're getting that for the first time in this one, certainly compared to the younger versions. That just tastes that little bit aged. It's it's good. Yeah. I think it's really good, but it's just tasting a little bit aged, if that makes sense.
0: I think by, by that, if you mean that, it's gone a little bit flat yeah compared to the others you notice the
2: pour was more challenging yeah
0: yeah that all of the others have had a lot more life yeah this one's definitely the the least least amount of carbonation it's dropped off on the carbonation but what that's added to it is a deeper complexity about it i'm getting a lot more of the toffee caramel almost kind of when you you have that what is it that kind of brittle toffee that you have to break well, the one you have to like
2: little mini yeah hammer.
0: yeah it's and, and and that in itself screams christmas doesn't yes, it because it's it, the only time you ever take a hammer to a bar or anything it, yeah
2: and and actually you're right and I, i'm getting the sort of prune thing almost it's sort of that really deep stewed fruit yeah. thing going on uh toffee for sure uh do you notice how much of the hoppiness has dropped out oh, compared to the fresh one? It's
0: gone, hasn't it? Yeah. Completely gone. Yeah.
2: What, in five years? Yeah. Um, and just for the record, this is batch number two from 2013. I always seem to get batch one or two. Even jumping um,
0: back to the 2014, the 2014 is still much more alive and it's much more vibrant and there's much more going on in that. Um, this is this feels again, but you know, uh, we had a couple
1: of beers there where the, the body was quite a bit more fuller. This yeah. The beer feels a bit lighter now.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm not sure it should do, but it feels it. Feels and that's that sweetness has started to come back.
2: I, I'm well. getting a uh, a huge hit of fruit. Yeah. Uh, the toffee, almost a honey thing. Massive sort of Madeira hit. I tell you what's not there is It's any Belgianiness
0: at all. So what, do you, what do you define good? as Belgian-iness? I don't know. It's, it's just a thing that, yeah. that I get. It's kind <laughs> of, it's kind of that bready. Floral, sweet, Belgian y. It's that, that, that yeasty nose. You know, you know the, Yeah, yes, yeah, it's,
1: it's the Belgian very yeast, very, isn't it? Because I think uh, for a lot of beers in the UK, yeast doesn't play as much of a role in the flavour profile or the aroma. Whereas I think for Belgian beers, the yeast does play a part. And I think that's what, that's my opinion. I think that's what you get sometimes. Yeah. Is that.
2: I I, I kind of know exactly what you mean. And I think you, you see that expression. Very much in some of the Brasserie de la Zen beers, uh, Taris Bulba Zin beer. Uh, that there's a classic thumbprint, which runs through some of those beers. You get it in some of the Trappist beers as well, and uh, there's something just, it's quite hard to define uh, for, a, I'm not a technical person, I'm not a... Not a well, the fact that we use the word Belgian, it probably yeah, I,
0: be the, the fact that it now appears in Untapped's tasting notes. I, I like <laughs> we're, your... We're taking credit for still. I like
2: your description in that respect. Uh, but it is, it's, it, it's this unknown
0: thing that you can just take a beer from Belgium. We all go, know
2: what you mean. It,
0: it, it smells and it tastes Belgian. It's, it's, it's
1: uh, an amalgam of different flavours yeah. and aromas that yeah. says to you that this beer is either originated in Belgium or has definitely tried to uh, be a clone of a Belgian beer or Yeah. have characteristics of a Belgian beer. Yeah. Um, so yes, it is a bit of a, almost a, for us, it's a bit of a throwaway catch all these days. But yeah. a lot of people, despite what they might say, do know what we're talking about.
2: That's
1: brilliant. Yeah. Um, I'm, ju- I'm just going back to the, uh, so this is the 2013... 20, 20, 13. Is- uh, so the one in the U beer glasses, twenty fourteen, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I just finished that. I'm just going back I, to that.
0: I really enjoyed
1: the twenty fourteen. I think the twenty fourteen, even now, I think tastes even better compared to the
0: twenty thirteen. Um, for me, it's, it's it's almost like they're completely different beers at this stage.
2: For me, it's uh, uh, um, we've done this deliberately in a rolling way. We've we've had two beers on the go each time. Uh, Some of us have. Yeah, but m- m- way, most most uh, of us have kept to that by the way
1: just uh, just to interrupt I, I would never have thought about doing that either so you know we're talking no. about doing a vertical yeah. tasting yeah. I would never have thought about keeping the most recent one uh, a third of your pour still left Yeah. so say we were doing the, the, the fullers I would never have thought right okay so we've had the uh, 2018 let's leave a little bit crack open the seventeen. Revisit the 18 while we're drinking. I would never ever have thought about doing that.
0: But I also wouldn't have thought of, and it was only it happened recently when we went to we were invited to um, the launch of the new Goose Island Bar, and we got to taste this year's Bourbon County Stout. And we were lucky enough to do a, a couple of aged ones. As, oh no, we we did some aged versions of a sour beer.
1: No, but we also no, we did do the 17 and 18 yeah, together.
0: But each time. It, we were recommended to try the fresh one first. Yes. Up until that point, I would have always gone in... Old. The oldest yeah. one. And worked way up. But doing the fresh one first enables you to taste the beer almost as the brewer intended it to be now. So that's your baseline. Yeah. yeah. And then you work back from there. This and a, very of course,
2: if we have the urge we've got a fresh 2018 to go back to that's, at the end. There's always um, the end. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I suspect that's not going to survive. Uh, you might have to take it home, put it that way. Uh, to the end. Um, we were talking about London earlier and um, we remarked how much London has changed. Uh, two-thirds of those 262 guide entries are new in the last five years. Um, there's... For me, an, an even more remarkable statistic, 68 of the gu- current guide entries are new in 2018. 68? 68. 68. Wow. And uh, so that means I've been to... Almost a,
1: another 68 pubs.
2: 60, I've been to 68 yeah. new <laughs> places which have put in the guide. I've been to a, a load more on top that I did not put in the guide. Don't have a a number, Um, but you're right, uh, Steve. A quarter of all of the current guide entries are new this year. And just to put that in perspective, the average number of new entries in the guide over the last four years, um, 14, 15, 16, 17, uh, the average is, there's a figure here somewhere, I think it's 32. Yeah, so, thir- 32 30 every
1: year is new. The
2: average over the last four years has been 32 new places in the guide. This year, 68.
0: So do you have a split between um, like pubs, um, tap rooms? This is the question I was about to come to. How many of those newer entries well, are um, tap rooms? Because we have seen a real uprising of the tap room.
2: This is all completely unscripted, but I happen to have some... St- I can't say the word anymore.
0: Uh, Welcome to (laughs) opinions. (laughs) Yes, we have dragged down to our level. Yeah,
2: words (laughs) fail in all of us right now. Statistics. I have some stats on that. Uh, Out of the two hundred sixty-two entries, forty-eight of them are brewery taps. And how many? I thought that would
0: have been more.
2: Are recent entries? Quite a few of them, um, and I was trying to remember how many were in the guide at uh, the point we launched online. I think it was less than 10.
1: So yeah. even that, it's still yeah. a, a yeah. 300% increase, right? Or yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, right?
2: Four, maybe a 500% yeah. increase, because I suspect it was quite a bit less than 10. Uh, Brew by Numbers was around. Colonel. Kernel. Kernel's not on the guide because their tap room's yeah. shut.
1: Oh, okay, so they're not yeah. even there anymore. So
2: they're not even there anymore. There was I've a sharp look on my face, but I, I can understand why they're not uh, in there. No, because they don't exist
0: anymore. They're essentially a bottle shop now, aren't they?
2: Exactly. And, yeah. and, and yeah. just to clarify, our, our, our criteria is somewhere you can go and drink on site. So Colonel, wonderful bottle shop though it is, doesn't qualify because you can't drink on yeah. site. You but can have tasters, but that doesn't assuming
0: count. Assuming they used to be in there. When, oh yeah,
2: you, 100%. Yeah. yeah, definitely. We it were, been. We were yeah. gutted yeah. when we had to. Delete the guide entry. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll re-emerge in a new form. But uh, I suspect there were considerably fewer than ten when we when we launched. There's now nearly fifty. Uh, the other two categories which have um, mushroomed are—is mushroom the right word? Grown.
0: No, look, let's go with mushrooms.
2: Mushrooms, yeah. I'll just say the other, the other. You can you can edit that bit out. The other. No, see now you've said it. Now oh, yeah, I can't yeah. no, edit it no. out. No. <laughs>
0: can't be, can't happen now. <laughs> as soon as somebody says you can edit that bit out, no, it stays yeah. in. Yeah. The,
2: the other two areas which have mushroomed are uh, what I call bottle shop bars. So bottle shops which have an on-site drinking facility. Okay. And there's 23 of them. Although there's a very fine line between a bottle shop which has a bar and a bar which has a bottle shop. So almost like a micro-pub that has beer to take away. Uh, Actually, the best example is quite far from a micro-pub. Mother Kelly's in uh, Bethnal Green and in Vauxhall. What's that? Is it a bottle shop that has a bar, or is it a bar that has a bottle shop?
0: I've never
1: really thought about that until right now. I would say, if I had to choose between one or the other, I'd say Bethnal Green's a bottle shop with a bar, and Vauxhall's the other way around. Just because of the sheer size and the Vauxhall one. And I, I can't even remember where the fridges are in Vauxhall.
2: Yeah. And I think I started off describing Bethnal Green as a bottle shop bar. And I, rap, I I increasingly think of Vauxhall in the way you describe It's a bar with a bottle shop. Yeah. The bottle shop's at the um, uh, embankment yeah. side uh, in a sort of separate room almost. Yes,
1: yeah, it's, it's very separate to the yeah, bar area, yeah, isn't it? Whereas yeah. the first thing you see, there's two things you see when you come into the one at uh, Bethnal Green. To the left is the fridges. It's the fridges. A vast amount of fridges. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the first bottle shop I ever went to, we just had fridges. And no shelving, actually, to be fair to them.
2: Uh, So, 23 bottle shop bars, and of course, the the beauty of being in charge of the guide is you can decide whether it fits in that criteria or not. It's a bit of a judgment call, but that's the number in. And 22 brew pubs. And, of course, five years ago, we didn't really have many brew pubs at all in so London.
0: Boom, boom. I would not have put that big a number on
1: a brew no, pub. No, no. So, when we're talking about a brew pub, we're talking about a traditional pub which brews on site. Exactly. So, a bit like the old Perkins.
2: Yeah. Yeah, very much the as Firkin a, as model. A, as the,
1: as the best example I can think of.
0: Well, I'm, I'm thinking howling pubs. How are they classified? Uh,
2: yeah, Probably brew pub, he said, quickly checking. What is trying
0: to pour in? Have <laughs> yeah. you, has, has Goose Island in Shoreditch? That's been definitely a brew pub. Brew pub?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, they've, they've also marked themselves as a brew pub. Yeah, you
2: see, Harling Hops could also be classed as a production brewery. What about uh, and, the taproom? I would say,
0: brew house and kitchen. Are, are they in there? Yeah, oh uh, well,
2: so there's the we. we there's two parts to the guide. There's the, 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 the pub guide. There's the, the pubs include yep. brewery taps and all these other places. Um, sorry, I got a bigger pour um, I th- I from think that's, that uh, to fair, I think that's fair. I don't need it, yeah. so you're welcome to... <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, no, None of us but, need any, pour, no. any more pours so at what, this point. So what one have we got? So we're, we're doing our palate cleanse with a 2018. Uh, so, so
0: we're going from the oldest that we've got here with a yeah, 2013 all the way so we've got a five-year gap yeah five-year gap so i've got time
1: travel in my hands exactly you've
0: got time and space mate brilliant i'm just going to think about that for a minute yeah you think about that while i enjoy your oh, beers
2: i can smell the hops off the uh, you can it's, can't they, you really spilling out of that glass there's no way
0: these are the same beers <laughs> do
2: you know i'm pleasantly surprised i was on two minds whether to open that but we're all greedy gits and you know you told us there's
1: a bottle unopened yeah uh, no, no
2: bottle leaves this I, show unopened I, I brought this as very much um, okay we've got a real wild card in a moment to finish off but this was a bit of an experiment because I'm a great believer in going back in time when you're doing one of those things one of these things and I almost feared that by the time we'd done 18 17 16 15 14 13 that we wouldn't be able to test the 18
1: oh so you didn't think it would stand up oh, I didn't so think it would stand up it does, and though.
2: and actually we had a bit of the 18 after the excellent 17 I was like mm, god 18 tests a bit young and now you go back to this, I no longer think it tastes young. I think it just tastes amazing. It, it tastes just, like just a, a, a fresh. It tastes beer. really yeah. fresh. fresh. That's what I was yeah. going to say. It's, it's fresh and hoppy. The, the
0: nose on it, the, 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 the floral notes coming off the nose is like really grassy. It's like. It's, it's really, really fresh. And also, that, that obviously, the, we t- spoke about the carbonation as well. It's a lovely little light carbonation on it as well. It's a bit zingy. I, c- I can't believe these are the same beers. No, exactly. I, I cannot... What? Well, I actually cannot well, believe. The the colour is completely different. They di- completely Everything about them is completely different.
1: I... I you know, again, I, I would never pretend to have a sophisticated palette. I would struggle... No, I'll, I'll be honest. I wouldn't be able to paste these beers if I was blind blindfolded and say they're the same beer.
0: I'd, I'd never say these were the same beer. I'd, I'd go with that one and, you know, my basic mind would go with... It's Belgiany, Hoppy. I'd, 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 fresh. I'd, Belgian. prob- I'd probably call that as being like Duvel, or, or, or something like that, just because that's that's my Belgian base, benchmark. Yeah, yeah. That one, I'd, I I wouldn't even know where to go with it.
2: And of course, uh, but still, and Duvel are completely different beers. You know, yeah. there's there's virtually no comparison yeah, between man. them. And yet, I know exactly what you mean. Like, yeah. Other than it's Belgiany,
0: <laughs> but. There you go. Again. I've completely destroyed your, um, <laughs> your 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 entire history of all he's, this Belgian. In twenty years, all these Belgian <laughs> visits that you've done.
2: We're going to take you to Belgium, and, and
0: all you're ever going to hear is me going. Well, it tastes it's a bit Belgian. And, well, you know,
1: we are you know, getting to the last few beers, and uh, we've had a we had a very again another very brief conversation um, off air about lambic beers, and
2: I just had an idea,
1: and I'm and about massive love of Lambic beers. Cantillon, Tilquin, you can carry on naming them. Now obviously, my co-host, Steve, is less of a fan. That's
0: probably fair to say, yes. yes. <sighs> I mean, you know, in important Or a terms, massive understatement. Yes,
1: British understatement. Um, Jezza, as a Belgian beer fan, yep. 20 years, how do I convince Steve that if we did a day trip to Belgium, and say, say we're just going to Brussels, and the obvious place to go to which you come out of brussels midi is to go to Cantillon. yeah because it's only a 10 minute walk away yeah if even I, that how do i convince steve that it's worth doing
2: i think you need more than a day for a start uh getting convinced me getting into lambic <laughs> well get, getting into lambic beers is a long process and thinking about uh, our early trips to to belgium I was reading Tim Webb's uh, Good Beer Guide Belgium, and he had a, I was like chasing all the five-star beers, you know, classic, because um, he's got a grading system, yeah. uh, classic ticking, you know, I've got to tick off all the five-star beers. They nothing, had a lot nothing of... Wrong, nothing wrong with it. Oh, well, why not? G- good place to start. Yeah. Uh, and then I did all the four-star beers and so on. Um, I caught myself on when I got down to the threes and I thought, I don't want to go any lower than that, so I'll avoid the twos. So I, I do less ticking nowadays and I do more enjoying. But through that process, I tried all of the five-star Lambic beers, you know, Cantillon goes That was a five-star. Okay, I'll try it. I was like, well, this is, you know, completely outside my, uh, my level of... Everything it's not, you know, it's, I, not, it's not a beer. I had no idea what I was drinking, but Tim said it was good, and I actually had the good fortune to meet Tim and the Culminator in uh, Antwerp. Oh God, it must have been ninety nine. Oh, I think it was my first trip there, and uh, I think he signed my book. Uh, a bit of sort of hero worship, uh, and I've known t- Tim ever since then. He's been a really good friend. Uh, I've contributed to the Good Beer Guide and done a few sort of cafe reviews and contributed this and that and still keep in touch with with Joe in particular these days and uh, the the message from the guide was you've you've got to push yourself through your comfort zone and out, out of your comfort zone and try and expect not to like it and you will eventually start to like it and the one I remember was um, it wasn't Timmermans it was oh the name is gone one of the one of the Odegers with a big lemony hit it'll come to me okay uh, it won't come Timmermans. to me. Timmermans just going to enjoy Lindemans Lindemans Odegers okay I think it was Lindemann's and I thought yeah I could start to see this and you need you need one to get you in so if you start drinking Cantillon some people consider it to be too harsh too sour I mean for me people say Cantillon is too harsh for me it's not harsh enough. Where,
1: where would you start though? So again let's take Cantillon as the example would you just give them the Goose Young as you're starting so you go into the room know the, the little bar
2: area what would you give them it's such a wonderful place it is but. Uh, where do you start in can And and I think you need something that's that's a little less out there yeah uh, to get in and, and and the way I did it was by trying stuff which was perceived to be slightly less harsh and I always say Drie Fontaine goes is uh, um, a little more accessible in that respect um, I always think the, the Cantillon uh, I, my, my favourites Cantillon Drie Fontaine Hansen's Girardin of course Girardin Black Label goes is magnificent uh, maybe start with a Creek
1: see I would, some, I would start with the Rosé de gambrinus.
2: Rosé de gambrinus is a great beer of course because
1: especially so fresh it's yeah. so vibrant with all those fruit flavours yeah. as well Yeah, that's where I'd start um, but there was a time when um, uh, myself and our creative director Clayton were in there and and um, We'd been there for a day trip, and uh, there was a guy there, and he was um, enjoying a, a 2004 Oud Goose.
3: Oud Goose? Oud
1: Goose, yeah. Yeah, and um, he invited us to join him while he was having his, sharing his 750 bottle, and we went, yes, please. Yeah. And this was probably 2014, so it was 10 years old, and it was so smooth so unlike if you had a fresh version
2: and actually if if you take Steve to Contion, get him an old gers, like an aged yeah. gers, because the it's a bit like we're saying the the taste and the, the profile develops the older Contions are much less harsh and I think much more accessible for someone who thinks they don't like gers. I think
0: I don't. I don't think I. Don't, I again, I am still here. Um, I don't think I don't like girls. I just struggle with them and, and, and what they do to me. But I agree, I'd agree. I think actually that's an excellent <clears throat> suggestion
1: because the I, obvious I'm, thing to do would be to turn up and go. Yeah. I'll just have some of the fresh stuff.
2: I've just offended the the boss, so I'm I'm uh, going to make my exit. Straight away, well, but no, 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 not straight away. I'm gonna take my uh, still <laughs> no, an no, after no, with me.
0: No, I've just been not I I've just been sat here again. It's a conversation that I can't <laughs> contribute to, so I've been draining my glasses. Well, um,
2: which are both empty, But yeah, I, would, I would
1: agree, that the um, an older version would be the right way to go rather
0: Is that because going, it's it's all a bit softer, yeah, and it's it, a bit it's, easier. It's
2: mellowed out, it's aged, it's. But tr- try the lambic from some of the some of the other breweries, which which have a, a, a less harsh uh, profile in their gooses. Uh, Lindemans is good. There are certain uh, lambics which are just a little bit more accessible, and you can build then up to something which is sharper, more sour, more more out there. Um, the one not to try first is Timmermans. Uh, Timmermans could. Strip the paint off the wall. Uh, now, for me, that's a good thing, and it's done in a good way. I went there on the Tour de Gers a couple of years ago. I think three years ago. Uh, oh my God, it was amazing. They've got a great tap room, and their lamb, their uh, Gers, was a revelation. I had no idea it was that good, and it was very good. But it's very acidic, very harsh. Uh, not no, not Tim- Timmermans. Timmermans, it? yeah. So these are
1: the guys who did the Guinness collaboration.
2: You're not one for him to try? No,
0: no, I've tried it and I loved it. The girls or the collaboration? No, the collaboration. collaboration with okay. Guinness. The it collaboration, was, I'm sure it was fine. Yeah. But it was no, but The second time we tried the collaboration, it moved on and it was becoming more challenging. The
2: Timmermans
1: for is winning out. Yeah, it's
0: killing the Guinness.
1: The, 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 yeah. the Guinness is losing out to the Timmermans. Yeah. Give that another year and. The Timmermans is going to be the overriding flavour. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I'm going to try and rein this in a little bit because I've just been sat here quiet and I need to get back involved in these conversations. Oh, sorry. So
2: so, so, so just before you do that, what I was going to say is we need to invite you to join us on the Tour de Gurs.
0: Oh, it sounds horrific. (laughs) And, and,
2: And you'll be very pleased to know that the next one is just a few months away. It only runs once every two years. Generally, the first weekend of May. Oh, I'm busy. And uh, ticket tickets will go on sale in the next month or so. Uh, They do bus trips from uh, Halle or other towns near near Brussels.
0: Now a little bit of a treat to finish off with. Um, So we've done the entire vertical range that we had. So we've done eighteen down to thirteen, and then back up to eighteen. A little bit of eighteen, and now we've got something a little bit special, haven't we, Jezza? What, what have we got right now? We do.
2: So, uh, we've, we're going to finish on the Stillenacht Reserva, uh, 2005, and I remember going to the brewery, um, when was this released? Six, seven, something like that. Um, ten-ish years ago. I happened to be in the right place at the right time with the right equipment, a car, which was empty, and uh, bought six cases of beer and, um, Four cases of the Stillenacht Reserva 2005, and two cases of the Urbeer Reserva 2005. Now, these have been really interesting beers because they are both great, but I'm still waiting for the Stillenacht to get really great. And I think is uh, that moment. Thirteen years on, this might be the moment. <laughs> I think it is. I think it's now. I think. I think no. when you're in a you're on an award winning
0: uh, podcast, it, it can only uh, be the greatest moment that so beer is ever going to have.
2: I have to say, I, I wouldn't say I've been disappointed by this beer, but I've. It's. I still think there's a bit more to give, and of course, I'm rapidly running out of bottles. I've got maybe a dozen left. Uh, well, that's, not,
1: that's not rapidly. No, well, I have no he, beer he, in my cupboard, which
2: is a dozen. He, he bought four cases I started with 80. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and the Urbeer Reserva, by, by contrast, the Urbeer Reserva has been a wonderful beer for many years. I'm down to maybe four or five bottles of that. So didn't bring one of those tonight. But let's see what they... What's,
0: so what's special about this? Why, why, is, it, why is it a Reserva?
2: Let me open it and okay. I'll tell you. Uh, we'll, we'll open it and pour That's a fantastic
0: idea. Yeah, notice because we need um, more beer at this point. (laughs)
2: Immediately no no particular carbonation uh, on opening. We're pouring it quite high. Yeah, decent head, but it's dark. It's not look at the colour on that. God just about hit the glass. I was close.
1: That is dark.
2: And you'll see the head is dissipating yeah. immediately. When I say dark, it's
0: a lot darker. Yeah. It's, like, it's yeah. a lot darker than what we've drunk so far. Yeah, it's much more
2: sherry-like, isn't it? And it's, yeah. right it's, not, it's simp- That's
0: a great shout, actually, it's sherry.
2: Simple reason for this. It's uh, a beer which, uh, in many ways, you're getting <laughs> some I mean, you're getting that aroma from, already
0: from, like, a mile away. Cheers, cheers. chaps. Uh, this
2: is a good way to end. And... Uh, you know, you said uh, about the
1: the look of a bit of a sherry, Jezza. Yeah. I'm getting that on the notes as well. On, on the aroma, there's definitely sherry. What I that? Wooden cask. It's. I was going to say like
0: that. it's that there's wood. There's there's like an oaky caskness to it.
2: So the story behind I mean, all the
0: life's died away, isn't it?
2: The story behind this beer is. is yeah, mine's
0: still. Yeah, oh, it's how, it's how the, appropriate. <laughs> No, I'm not going to try and pronounce it. It's
2: the it's the, the least carbonated beer we've had this evening. Uh, this beer was an accident. Uh, Chris uh, at uh used to have a supply of Rodenbach yeast up until 2000. And then when uh, Rodenbach joined the Palm Group, Dodala lost their supply of Rodenbach yeast. And that gave a really distinctive sour Sourness yeah. to the to the beers and uh, he's worked very hard over the years to, to replicate that to an extent but of course the beers have been different and it's taken some time And particularly with Uru beer the, the sort of classic um, regular beer they do all year round dark beer 8% um, it's gone through huge variations over the years it shifts this way and that way and it's always interesting to go back and see where they are with that beer now with still an act. Shortly after they changed the yeast, they, there was one year they didn't get the uh, balance right, and the bottles started to explode. And I remember this at home. I bought some beer, brought it home, and found that uh, quite a few of them had exploded. And uh, w- what the Chris did was he realised the bottles were popping. He rang uh, Jean Pierre uh, Van Roy at uh, Cantil, the, the yeah. father the legendary uh, father, and uh, said, look, I need some help. I need some wine, uh, some barrels. I need I need them today. I need to get this beer, the remaining beer. I need to save it, stick it in some barrels. And he produced nine uh, Bordeaux barrels and uh, got them to Chris. Chris dumped the beer in the barrels and uh, he forgot about it.
1: So the stuff they hadn't bottled, he said, right. No,
2: this was in bottles. I oh, say so he emptied the bottles. He decanted the bottles because they
1: were all exploding. So the bottles they hadn't sold, hadn't shipped out... Exactly. ...he decanted into the barrels.
2: Into these wine So I just,
0: thought, I just assumed it was a barrel to a barrel. Yeah. Not Just opening bottles and pouring them into a barrel.
2: And this... Chris thinks he pioneered, by accident, barrel aging in Belgium for the purpose of getting the flavour of the barrel out into the beer. And you can really taste the the red wine characteristic of this from whatever... really in the background, wine it was...
1: I'm definitely getting... I See, I wouldn't have... I me. I wouldn't have left a red wine. I'm definitely getting more of a white feel to it.
0: Some cheese. Right now, <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't go amiss with this. This is um,
2: Actually, I'm assuming it was a red Bordeaux, because most of them are red. See, for me, I'm... I'm we, we can check that I'm out. I'm definitely
0: getting the, the, the white version. Just, that's cool. just where I am. I'm getting some complexity in there. I'm getting a... A few dark notes, but um, it's very different to all the other versions. This beer, it's it's like it's it's, it's nowhere near the other beers that, that, that we've tried this evening. So, but it's a I suppose it's an experiment in barrel aging almost. Well, we oh,
2: it, yeah, def, definitely red. Yeah, yeah, yeah sangria. San San yeah, definitely red wine. Yeah, and um, this. This, this this spawned uh, a great era over the last uh, 12, uh, 15 years of uh, the Dollar Browers chucking, technical term, chucking their Stillenacht and their Doloteva and their Urbier into various barrels to see what happens. So there's Doloteva Reserva, there's Urbier Reserva and there's Stillenacht Reserva. Oh, so they have carried on. They have the carried it on exactly. Beers, yes. So it, it was a
1: serendipity, happy accident.
2: It, it started as a happy accident, and it's continued and developed into something. They release from time to time, and the results are fascinating. I mean, this
0: for me, there's no resemblance to the earlier beers. That, that's just what I was about to say in terms of the results being fascinating. This is this, this is nothing like any of the years that we've tried. Of, of the original beer. It's it's like something completely yep. different.
2: And yet the base beer is an old Stillenacht from, I'm guessing... I'm guessing 2001, two ish Don't know exactly, yep. but it must be from that era.
1: So effectively, a beer that was born 16 years ago is what we're drinking now.
2: Yeah. Um, aged in in uh, those wine barrels for emergency yeah. purposes, and released I think in two thousand and five. I think that's the uh, timeline we're looking at. Yeah. Fascinating stuff.
1: It's, it's brilliant and it's brilliant. Uh, well, fascinating. Is actually, a it's, very it's, apt uh, word for this whole podcast. Really, the,
0: the journey that that we've been on through time, in in terms of allowing these to age. And, and space in, in terms of how you manage to store all these beers, Jesse. Well, oh, he's got. All, he's got uh, to be a beer warehouse. I, I, you I still can't comprehend <laughs> <I wish. laughs> how, how you store all of these beers in a single space, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure drinking these beers with you. Thank you so much for bringing them along
2: for us to try.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: pleasure for me too. Uh, really great to do this number of vintages in a row as a vertical and uh great to discuss them with you guys that's been a great evening
0: cheers um let's let's have a little cheers at that yeah. point i think because that that cheers. deserves it cheers. but um it's a it's an opportunity for you now to um i suppose sell beer guide london where, where where do people go to find out more if they're coming to london and they want to go and drink the best beer in town in the best known, places in even town if they're in london yeah yeah. Where, where's the best places to go how do they find this out where Where do they find out more about Beer Guide London
2: so beerguidelondon.com and you will find our our apps I, I would highly recommend the apps are a couple of quid each uh, you get whether it's iPhone or an Android device you get a wonderful app which gives you uh, uh, recommendations for the best pubs near you at any given point in time so whether you're standing in East London or West London or in the centre of town you will get the the pubs closest to you. It's constantly updated. We are very ruthless at updating the guide. Uh, we've been. We dis- are you? We mean uh, me, me, basically. Me myself and I. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> all three of us. Although that gives me a good opportunity to give a shout out to my 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 friend Steve, who uh, not. not not uh, not me not, no, no. not this <laughs> Steve. Um, but earlier this year right in I think it was January um, a guy called Steve lives out near Heathrow um, discovered beer Guide London and uh, I wouldn't want to say he's a ticker but he, he decided he was going to tick off all of the pubs and the guide fancied a challenge and promptly visited all 200-and-something pubs in the guide within, like, three months. Oh, and just
0: hardcore, isn't it? Uh,
2: Has been pushing me on, and I've been pushing him on. Uh, we've been pushing each other on since... Uh, I think he caught up in May, uh, early May. And since then, we've been pushing each other on to keep up-to-date with the guide. And uh, uh, he has now been to all 262 guide entries at... Uh, I, I think he's the only other person apart from me who's, who's done that. Uh, congratulations to him, thank you for all of the help. Uh, we kind of work together as a team uh, to keep up to date That's with what's nutty, opening, impressive. Yes. and we are already champing at the bit to get cracking at the 10 or so places we've got on the list that we know are opening in the next, uh, well in the, in the early part of 2019. Uh, and that's going to form the basis of the first uh, 10 or 12 guide entries in, in, the, new, in the new year. So,
0: so by the time people listen to this, they probably would have already been ticked uh, off and, and, of and, been. and entered. Well, yeah.
2: One or two will be open. There's always a yeah. bit of a lag at the start of the year. Although I was very pleased with myself on Sunday. I got up to date with the last place, which was uh, Brewery Market in Twickenham. Opened a few weeks ago. Wasn't well for part of November. Had a few failed attempts to get there. Got there on Sunday, got up to date. Uh, I was thinking, okay, I can put my feet up to January. And then somebody told me, I've got a great range of informants, so thank you to everybody who tells us about places that are opening. Somebody told me yesterday about a new bottle shop bar that's opening in Fulham on the Wandsworth Bridge Road. It's going to open before Christmas. I kind of feel obliged to go for sake of completeness, so... That will be the challenge next <laughs> week. It's, like it's a
0: never ending task. It is. It's, like it's painting Definitely. The up. Yeah, I was, I was just about to say that. yeah. Definitely. As you finish, you've got to start again. And
2: yeah. we've had, so there'll be, I, I guess, 69 guide entries we'll finish on this year.
1: Jezza, thank you. It's been brilliant. Steve, what have we got next?
0: <laughs> I can't believe you've done that to me after this many beers um next we're gonna do this many beers again <laughs> next show we are doing a thing about taste it's more <laughs> of a horizontal tasting than which it's one, isn't it? yeah which might not necessarily be just beer but it might just be tastes that you get from things from things. Yeah, that that's as much as I've got right now. That, and, and that's as far as we've got in the planning no, that's stage with that. But, um, Th- yeah. Those that are involved are aware of what is going to be happening on that show. All that's left to say is thank you very much Yes, to Jezza. Jezza, once again, thank you for... Thank you for
1: bringing the beers. Thank you for storing mm-hmm. beers. Thank you for going out of your way to do all that extra research on Saturday. It
0: that was must tough. Been, That must have been the toughest it thing really have ever It was really tough. Yeah. How um, was
2: Sunday? Well, for you guys, it's worth... Yourself right uh, appreciate you inviting me on the show it's been fantastic really good evening um, sorry that your award is going to be a one time only <laughs> award, uh, but been great to be here thanks for having yeah, me yeah no thanks so cheers. Brilliant. cheers cheers